Hi, I'm Joanna Robinson. Join us every week on the Prestige TV podcast feed as your favorite ringer hosts like Bill Simmons, Van Lathan, Mallory Rubin, Sean Fennessy, Chris Ryan, Julia Littman, and many more cover the latest episodes of your favorite TV obsessions. From boardrooms to throne rooms to courtside and through the mushroom apocalypse, we'll be here throughout the week breaking it all down. Subscribe to the Prestige TV podcast feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly, Craig Worldbeck, and Benjamin Solak. Woo! We're back, baby. We are back. We are back. We you are guys. back. We're back. It's great to see you, Ben. Thanks. How's everybody holding up? Good season. Fantasy is good. It's so much <laughs> weird stuff has happened, Ben. We, we created a bar idea that's going to involve you can pee anywhere in the bar. Kadarius Tony has like split the podcast. A lot, we have a lot to catch you up on. Right? Yeah. Oh, no, I've been following the Kadarius Tony uh, drama. <laughs> DK and Craig are right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Sorry, Danny. I, We're slowly <laughs> convincing all of America one person one, at a time. One by one. We'll come back uh, to that at the end of the show. But today. And or alienating all of America one person <laughs> at a time. Today it is power hour. Every week we are power ranking something on Wednesdays during the season. Today we're going to be power ranking the players who could go first overall. Spoiler, I think there's only two players to rank. So that's <laughs> really I quick don't know. power hour. <laughs> yeah. One, two. Technically we're power ranking the quarterbacks who could go number one. Because yeah. I guess there's a chance a receiver could go number one in, in a wild world. Probably not going to happen. Nah. So <laughs> if you started listening to the fantasy football show this year and you have no idea what's happening, Every year, as the regular season winds down and then eventually regular season ends, we cover the NFL Draft, baby. We even changed the name of the show to the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Dive headfirst in the draft. We cover everything. Free agency trades. Coaches get fired. Coaches get hired. We discuss it all. But our specialty is the draft. Danny Kelly is the best draft expert on the planet. And we bring in our colleague here, Ben Solak, who's the other best draft expert on the planet. And we hash out with players. Co-best. The the Drake made your Caleb Williams, some would say. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) 1A, 1B. Yeah. We hash out which players are good, which players are bad, and most importantly, which players are cool, because mm. that's kind of all that matters. So, quick programming note. We're still doing the fantasy football show. I know this is a little confusing. It's like fantasy football, and then eventually we call it the Ring NFL Draft Show. We're still doing the fantasy show. It's still doing Sunday recaps and Monday waivers and trivia. Wednesday shows are still happening. Friday previews, all that. Christmas, New Year's Eve, it's messes that up a little bit. But we're still doing four episodes a week, mm-hmm. and then... 
after the regular season ends, we're going to go full tilt on the draft show. We have one for you today, one for you next week after Christmas doing full tilt draft show. Having said that, the name's going to change. So we never ask you, just subscribe. Just subscribe. Hit follow on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple or Google, wherever you listen to the shows. Do it on Spotify. Love like those stars. We're not out here just asking you to subscribe every time, but like we're going to change the name. We don't want you to not find the show because we changed the name. So just hit the follow button. Just do it. Yeah, it's not that confusing, right? Every Wednesday, we talk about the NFL draft. It's like Bean Girls. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. It's, Boom. you know, Wednesday's draft day. I think currently we're like three for four on Navy, so we got to work on the, the saying there, but all together, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how it works. Oh, yeah. You look good. <laughs> Without further ado, I'm going to dive into the NFL draft right now, and there's so much to get through this 2024 draft class, maybe the deepest draft for quarterbacks in our lifetime, but we have to start with who's going to go first. In our lifetime? Is that right? In our lifetime, no. I think that we're going to see 3.5 quarterbacks go in the first round. And I think that <laughs> everyone's going to have a different flavor after the first two. And that's why you're going to see a couple of guys go. I like, I don't think there's a good, I don't think there's such thing as a good, like second tier, third tier of, of, of quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like there's either guys that you're willing to draft top 10 or guys who are functionally dart throws. Like, quarterback is one of those positions where if you really liked a guy, you'd be trading up to get him. You'd be going nuts. Like if you're staying yeah. at 20 and drafting Kenny Pickett, Ah, you don't really like Kenny Pickett. Like Kenny Pickett's not actually the sort of prospect you want to be hitching your wagon to. And so I think it's a I think it's a strong class. I don't think it's an historically strong class. There's a lot of names, but I, I think that that we often inflate the idea of quarterbacks between pick like 15 and, and 40 when we're at this stage in the winter. And by the time we get to the spring, that's not actually gonna look as appealing as it sounds. So DK, we've been talking for a while, but like we're gonna well, we're gonna start talking now, but the quarterbacks presumed it's like Caleb Williams from USC is like the number one guy. And then Drake May from UNC Chapel Hill is like mm -hmm. the one B, the two, whatever. We'll get to that. Is it before we even just slice off every other player? Is there anyone that deserves to be maybe in that tier with them? Like Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman at LSU. Is he or anyone else in the conversation or are Drake May and Caleb Williams like actually just in a tier of their own in the conversation for the first pick and whoever has the first pick and needs a quarterback should only really look at those two guys seriously. I think that Jaden Daniels from LSU it He's going to have a chance to break into the top 10. For, but for me, the top tier and the guys that I'm going to be like truly deciding who's going to be the number one overall person on my draft board probably are Caleb Williams and Drake May from North Carolina. So I'd say there's there's a tier break below those two. And then Jaden Daniels will probably be like the second tier. And I still think he has a chance to go in the top 10 just based off of uh, the momentum that he has from a like truly ludicrous season. Like this, his, his stats this year are truly just outrageous. Yeah, DK... Is it weird that the presumed top two picks in the draft are not guys that won the Heisman? And the guy that won the Heisman is another quarterback that won't be in the first two picks? No, I don't think it's that weird. I think, I mean, obviously there's just a lot of things that go into the Heisman trophy. And, and a lot of times it's not necessarily a pro style quarterback or a guy that's going to be considered uh, by NFL teams to be like a top pick. So it's just, it, I think to me, it's if anything, it's sort of like it shows you the disconnect between college and, and the pros. That's a lot of times these Heisman guys aren't necessarily top picks in the pros. Anyway, Caleb Williams, um, great quarterback of quarter, uh, USC. He did won win the Heisman. I was going to say, won the Heisman. So yeah. But not, not then wasn't in the top 10 this year, even though he kind of had better, in some ways you could argue, like a better passer rating stuff, which kind of says maybe more about the Heisman process. They're kind of mad that he, I mean, maybe him not doing interviews at the end of the UCLA game. I don't know, but we can get all that. Caleb Williams is fascinating, but. Yeah. Uh, in the in nature of power hour, DK, there's all this nuance and stuff we're going to add to this conversation. Having said that, Caleb Williams or Drake May, rest of your life, you have to pick right now, go. <laughs> This is how I look at it. 
If I had it, if if my team man, that doesn't feel like Caleb Williams or Drake may pick one for the rest of your life. Go. That feels like a different answer to a different question. Okay, it's Caleb Williams, and here's why: nice. because if my team, the Seattle Seahawks, had the first overall pick in my heart of hearts, deep in my soul, I want them to pick Caleb Williams. I think that there's a very strong argument for Drake May to be the top overall pick. Like traditionally speaking, he has he's like a prototype quarterback. Big, strong, big arm, tall, stands in the pocket, athletic. He's like Justin Herbert. And and we'll get into this, but I think philosophically there's the discussion is going to be just about styles. Like what kind of quarterback are you looking for? Do you want a more traditional pocket passer type guy, guy who's going to play on time or do you want a guy like Caleb Williams who is just an absolute maestro out of structure? You know, playing Sandlot football out there, absolutely just a natural, you know, field vision, everything, like all the intangible stuff and playmaking stuff. I think that's what Caleb Williams encapsulates. So I don't know. I I still just get more excited when I watch him play football. So like Jalen Hurts gets Avengers Thanos like ethered into another dimension and he doesn't exist anymore. And compensatory Eagles get the first pick. Who do you want? Caleb Williams or Drake May? I also want Caleb. I would also like to be asked that question again multiple times throughout the process. It's <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. We can't, we're not, we're not like, this is not fixed at all right now. This is just in our, no, this is the only show we're doing. So it's fine. <laughs> and that's the NFL draft show. See everybody in May after the guys are selected. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Solik. Thank you, everyone, for producing Lauren. this. Episode. No, Lord. Wow. The first premature Lauren. Here's my thing. I feel like we're going to hear it happens. Like, ha- happens to all of us. Normalize yeah. it. We'll get to the end of the show. Solak, you know, speaking of. I feel like through the course of this draft process, we're going to hear it like a trillion times. Like, who's better, Caleb Williams or Drake May? Who's the better prospect? Who'll be the better quarterback? And I feel like that's not the right framing for the question. And I would like to try, as we go through this, to not even pose that question because it's more about, as Dika said, styles. And I feel like what I know, and I don't know as much as you guys know, but I feel like Caleb Williams and Drake May kind of have completely different styles of quarterback. It's almost like, I don't know, people at my, my girlfriend had a job. They had an icebreaker. It was like Flex. rank your rank. St- yeah, exactly. Rank starches. It's like rice, pasta, whatever. And it's like, all right, the answer kind of tells you something about you and like what you value, what you like. And I, the quarterback thing, maybe that was a bad example. Craig's laughing. <laughs> no, I like that. I enjoyed that. It's <laughs> just like, like, I don't know. Keep going. Yeah. Nice. I think, I think, I think one is potatoes, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but that, there you go. That says something about Solak. Like, you know, what does that say about him that he likes potatoes? I don't understand. <laughs> different, different life experiences lead you to value different things. And it's so a staple, my thing is, you know, it's just yeah. versatile. Yeah. <laughs> With Williams and May, I feel like picking Williams or May says more about what you value in a quarterback. And I'm curious, like what or why you value those things. And so just to set the table here, DK, I mean, one, do you agree with that? And if so, like, yeah. why are Caleb Williams and Drake May so different? Yeah, I think, yeah, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but basically like when I think about Caleb Williams, I think of like, he's a natural football player. Like he is, he's so good out of structure. He has such great field vision. He's so good at improvising and avoiding the rush and buying a little bit more time to get a throw off. He always can find like an extra half beat to either avoid a pass rusher or, or make a guy miss in the open field and then get a throw off. Um, and by the way, he has an absolutely elite arm. He has an he has a really, really strong arm. He can make throws off platform. He can make throws. He has a really good like strength with his core that he can make throws where he's like twisting and turning. So like the quarterbacking skills that you see with him are absolutely top tier. Um, and then 
after that is when you get into the things that you can kind of start to pick him apart with where he's like, he doesn't play on time very much. Like, in fact, I think his natural state is sort of like running around playing Sandlot football. Um, and that's sort of where you get into the, the styles difference where Drake may more, he is more of a on time play and rhythm play, like hit his back foot, get the ball out. He can also do things out of structure, which is why I think he's also a really top level uh, prospect. Um, and he's very athletic. He can move around, but I would say like, just when I'm talking about like ceiling and just playmaking elite potential, like, like I st- still see Williams slightly ahead. Well, I have a, I, I have a question about ceiling and we can, we can send this to, to Ben. I feel like the way these guys play kind of leads you to think that Caleb Williams has the higher ceiling, lower floor. Do you believe that? Or do you believe Drake May and Caleb Williams have similar ceilings and floors? Yeah, when I think about ceiling in, in the context of the NFL draft, coming from the college to the pros, it's really, it's it's the ceiling is described by what you're physically capable of. And so both May and, and Williams have very high ceilings because both of them are physically capable of some wild stuff. Like, yeah. Caleb Williams' arm is is better than Drake May's is. He can, he can do more stuff from, like, weird arm angles and, like, when he's not connected to the ground. But do not put it in the newspaper that, like, Drake May has an average arm. That's ludicrous. <laughs> like, the, I, 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 yeah. I, was, I was watching Drake May film on a flight this weekend, and he Hit a, he uh, hit a 55-yard throw air distance with no hitch. Like, he just dug his back foot in the ground, double-cheeked it, and went. Dude, like, this guy's got Double-cheeked it. This guy's got to get all the, all the power from the cheeks, DK. Yeah, the, yeah. He's got, he's got an incredible arm. Now, Caleb is a, a more dynamic mover. Again, May's a good mover. Caleb is a more dynamic mover. And then, again, also talking about things that you're capable of. The real area where Caleb's got May soundly beat, in my opinion, is he's he's very creative. He's he, Caleb yeah. sees a lot more of the field when he's outside of structure, and he achieves a lot of different throws when he's outside of structure. Uh, if if you know if you if you if you think about these two players and like, all right, what sort of offense do I want to put them in? I can come up with a lot of offensive systems and offensive weaponry where Drake May's better than Caleb Williams. But when we get to that world where the system falls away and the receivers fall away, and I just need my quarterback to beat the other guys, I need him to beat free rushers, I need him to beat coverage rotation. I need him to, to win when, when the play breaks down, he enters that scramble drill mode, goes to the second half of the play. That's where Caleb's got May. And so that a puts his ceiling a lot higher. And then B, when we're evaluating him like team agnostic, we don't know which team they're going to. It makes Caleb feel like he has a higher ceiling because I think Drake's system right now and his approach right now breaks down a little bit more when there is that free rusher, when the offensive line loses quickly, when the the, the first read receiver gets flubbed up. Caleb after that is really, he's a sight to see. He is a sight to see. And so that gives him that, that higher ceiling. What about in terms of uh, like recent quarterback prospects? Where does where does Caleb Williams and, and Drake May kind of sit right now? Like, how would you compare both of them to somebody like Trevor Lawrence coming out of college? Trevor's a tricky one. I don't like like Trevor was always a weird prospect because he was ordained yeah. like he's like years the pre- prince that was probably yeah, years yeah. before, and then also he played in like such a college system that he's a hard guy to compare guys to. I would say that like I I you know like Joe Burrow was like a bona fide lock number one overall pick. Trevor Lawrence was a bona fide lock number one overall pick. I think both of these guys are that caliber prospect. I think I think if you put May in in a, a different wow. class, right? If you put him in, in a class with like obviously the, the Kenny Pickett class from a couple of years ago, I think if you put him in like the Kyler Murray class, like I think he he he'd be the guy who 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 goes one. Uh, I think both of these players are that caliber prospect. Both dudes are capable like what cj stroud's done for the texans this year where he just hits and all of a sudden bang the texans go from like i wonder if they'll figure this out in three years like do the texans might make the playoffs now both of these guys are capable of doing that for their teams they have that level of impact dk do you think like these guys might have gone first over bryce young and cj stroud last year like both or or maybe i guess i think i think it's pretty much a given and this was talked about last year that caleb williams would have gone first over anybody last year um 
I don't know if May had really come on like quickly enough or had gotten to that level at that point, but I think he is at that level now. And so like when I think about it, the way that Craig framed it, I think right now I would probably have like Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow as sort of like the top tier of guys that I've evaluated over the last five, six years. And then from there you go to Justin Herbert's and, you know, obviously May and Williams. And I think he's right in that tier. Like, so like maybe second tier, but I still think very elite, um, you know, t- first overall type of prospect. You know what I mean? Like when I'm making my draft board or when teams are putting their draft boards together, like the top ranked guy on their board, I think they definitely fit that category. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of teams that are jockeying right now for the chance to draft these guys. So, yeah. So I want to I want to dive into Caleb Williams a little bit first because um, he's more famous and I think slightly more interesting. Uh, also, shout out to Dan Comer here at The Ringer, who's uh, helped us with some research. But just quick, just want to give a little bio on Caleb Williams. But I think that the thing that I want to frame, because I, I also think these people are both like interesting people. Uh, Caleb Williams has been preparing for this his entire life. Like, like I, I kind of like I can't really stress that enough. And I'm fascinated about it, honestly. But Caleb Williams, there's a great GQ uh, article by Sam Shuby, who used to actually work at The Ringer. But shout out uh, Sam. The, shout out Sam Shuby. And the Caleb Williams, I guess, told his dad when he was 10 years old that I, if I'm going to be a quarterback, I want to be the greatest quarterback ever. And his dad was like, all right, bet. And just like <laughs> rearrange their whole life to just make Caleb Williams step one, a D1 quarterback, and then a D1 quarterback to the NFL. And like, this is literally the culmination of something that they just re... And I'm talking... So Caleb Williams, he went to high school at Gonzaga uh, College Prep. That is a 25-minute walk from where I live in Washington, D.C. It is like almost next to the Capitol building in the center of Washington, D.C. It's like a big deal, powerful high school. And... Not only did they put Caleb Williams at that high school first football career, but the eventually because of DC traffic, it became like an hour long drive for him to go to school and back and forth each way. So they just got him an apartment next to the school, and he like lived there alone when he was like fourteen. In years high old. school, wow. Yeah, and his and his yeah. dad was like not alone, but like he was alone a lot, and like just all for that. And I'm talking, and then like he went to college at Oklahoma f- with Lincoln Riley, just because Lincoln Riley sent Baker to number one and Kyler Murray to number one. So he's like, I'm going to go to Lincoln Riley. And then finally, fans are chanting like, "We want Caleb." And they put him in his first carry, goes 66 yards for 66 yards for a touchdown. And then he goes to USC, and he's like transfers because Lincoln Riley goes there as a head coach. He goes to USC, wins the Heisman. But like, I, I just one, I'm just fascinated with this idea of this guy who maybe to give you an idea of how bad like they want it. Do you know you know Scandal the show Scandal like Olivia Pope and Scandal she's like this DC fixer. 100%. His, his parents hired... So it looks like, no. Yeah, I haven't actually they, seen it either. His parents hired the woman... Uh, what's her name? It's it's Judy Smith. Hired her, who's the inspiration for Olivia Pope and Scandal. This woman, she works at a crisis communications firm in D.C. They hired her to teach Kayla Williams how to do interviews. Oh. Like, that is the level just yeah, so yeah. he could go to college. Like, that's the I kind of hate all this. I kind of think this is terrible vibes across the board. This, no, this, this is, is like Russell bu- Wilson vibes. This is exactly what his dad I was, I was thinking Russell a little bit, DK. I was. It's like, it's like building the, like, cringe. sports villain character. This is like <laughs> the guy that everybody likes is going up against, and you hope they beat, and, and he actually gets exposed at the end. This is like when I when when Heifetz is talking, I'm like, well... My son's four and a half now. I, I feel like I need to start getting on it if he's going to be the next Messi or something. I, it I need feels to start like prepping. he's like Ivan Drago. And it's like <laughs> everything he's done his entire life is built for this moment. I will say, I you know, I can guarantee you that a big part of the pre-draft process is going to be team sources leaking that they're worried about Caleb Williams off the field demeanor, right? The uh, 
super involvement of the parents and and you know your dad kind of managing your whole high school and college career that's always something that nfl teams bristle at because they don't want to be in a spot where the the head coach and the general manager are you know getting calls from the player's dad in week five right so that's going to be a thing i'm not commenting on the the righteousness and the the logic (laughs) and the philosophy of the thing it's just going to be a thing and then caleb also when he was playing for usc just had you know moments that the nfl is going to feature when he was crying in his mom's arms after a loss. He didn't speak to the the media after the UCLA loss. He's painted his nails. Like, it, does it matter? Absolutely not. Does it matter to NFL teams? Yep, they live in a different <laughs> right. world than we do. And so that right. this is going to be a huge, these stories are going to be a big part of the discourse for Caleb. The, uh, Mina Kimes, who, uh, you know, DK, you've known for a long time through Rabbids, Friend of the show. The yeah. Disease known as Seahawks fandom. Just friend. Friend of DK's. Real life and, friend and friend of the show. Yeah. So Mina Kimes has this phenomenal rule of quarterbacking, which is every quarterback must either believe in God or believe that they are a God. And you can kind of, you know who's who, right? A Trevor or Lawrence, the God. Yeah. Religious guy, Aaron Rodgers. Same with podcasting. I'm, that's how that goes <laughs> yeah. to podcasters too. Yeah. See who's right. who. Caleb Williams is like definitely in the beliefs he is a God <laughs> camp. Like he's got like, but to Solak's point, like the, the amount of NIL money, like Craig, we talked about this earlier a couple months ago. Craig made the point. Caleb Williams is like the first Gen Z quarterback. Like the NIL money drives a Mercedes. He got this deal with Dreets, uh, Beats by Dre for the entire, he got Beats for the entire USC team. Like his website, CalebWilliams13.com, which I guess was made by Olivia Pope from Scandal, has like a mission statement. He also just feels like very vulnerable emotionally, which is like very Gen Z. Like I yes. think he has a different view of like expressing himself uh, on television, yeah. which is not something that past generations have felt comfortable and with. And famously integrates itself well with 75-year-old general managers. Yes. Just, just yes. Sick, good pe- yeah. butter and jelly. With old Gen white Z guys who don't know how to send emails. You to say, these kids these <laughs> days, this is like all the boomer boomer guys running yeah. NFL teams are yes. just be like, oh, what is wrong with the, this generation? Yeah, he's going to be like- Yo, take it. Well, I wanted to ask, you're 80 years old. Do you, right. um, no, I'm kidding. But like, I'm curious, what is your, cause this is going to be a thing. I'm curious. What is your calculation when you're like Caleb Williams? At one point are you like, I kind of like the cockiness and also I don't care. Like you need the confidence and he, like he plays. And I think the reason I bring all this up is the, the way Caleb Williams is off the field feels like on the field. Like Caleb Williams is this Gen Z quarterback. Like he is off the field, kind of unlike any quarterback prospect we've seen with any seriousness. But on the field, it's kind of the whole premise of who he is, which is he is not literally like the the criticism, if there is one, is he doesn't play on schedule. He doesn't play on rhythm. He's not necessarily running the play that was called. He's not doing what we want him to do at all times. He's not doing what we want. And like, it does feel interwoven with his personality. Mm -hmm. And I say that because it's, it's, you know, it's what can you do? And then what does he have to learn? And like, does any part of you wonder if there's a legit criticism to that or it's more like this is the future. Like this is the future of NFL offenses. You need guys yeah, yeah. that can run a play but also go get a bucket. Uh, as with everything, there's a gray area. There's a middle ground on this. I think uh, when you're from a coach's perspective, when you're designing a scheme and d- like putting together a game plan and making plays and deciding on plays and practicing those plays and scripting out plays, you want that quarterback to go out and run the plays. Like that's the reason you spend 80 hours a week preparing. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be frustrating for some people, a lot of coaches, if a guy just goes out and freelances on every second or third play because, you know, we put in all this work. But at the same time, it's like the Mike Tyson quote, everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. You need somebody who can improvise when the pass rush just gets through the offensive line. And offensive lines aren't getting any better. 
You know what I mean? So you have to have a guy that can move around, make plays out of structure. So it is a great, there's a gray area. There's a middle ground there. I think you have to have both. I think a lot of teams, bottom line, this is what we've alluded to the whole show. There's going to be some teams that are turned off by his personality. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be enough to like not make him the top pick. He's probably almost surely going to be a top third, top two or three pick. Um, but I think there will be some teams that like Drake May more just because of his vanilla, at least relative to what we know right now, his <laughs> oh, vanilla personality funny. and his ability to The whiteness, play on. the literal vanilla whiteness of I love, and- I, I hope these these boomer Gen Z like comparisons run throughout the entire uh, <laughs> stretch of this draft mm-hmm. show that like Caleb Williams is like this like young kid trying to express himself and these like boomer parents don't like that and they're like, eh. you know, it's like, like the, the Bill like Burr the, movie like on, on Netflix. Thing, yeah. Yeah, Drake May is going to be getting interviewed at the combine, and someone's going to just be like casually throw away, be like, "What's your favorite TV show?" He's going to be like, yeah, "Seinfeld," and it was going to be like, "Ah, hey, no, like, absolutely, one, it is. that's the one." <laughs> yeah, Caleb Williams is more. He's going to be like into anime, and they're going to be like, "What's that?" I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know, I can, but the I can absolutely one hundred percent envision this. Yeah. So okay, what the hell is Minecraft? <laughs> no, Minecraft out of structure. He's Williams. expressing himself. <laughs> Minecraft is literally older than both of these quarterbacks. Yeah, but the kids these days, you know, I don't know what they're doing. I never know what these kids are doing. Well, the, the Minecraft, the downloads went up during the pandemic and there were all these memes of the children. They yearn for the mines. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 money line bet wins. Ravens are playing the Jaguars on Sunday, and the Jaguars defense made Jake Browning for the Bengals and Joe Flacco for the Browns look like Dan Marino and Joe Montana. And when they play a real offense like the Ravens, I think the Jags defense is going to be exposed like when you've ever seen videos of like real people challenging NBA players or Brian Scalabrini and a pickup to a gym. So I think over on the Ravens, bet on the Ravens, money line spread and all the overs on the players. And I just hit that a bunch of different ways. The Ravens are going to crush Jacksonville. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet. Live same game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, dive into the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Switching gears here to Drake May. Solek, 
You want to start with the football or do you want to fa- just start with a random fact to find out about Drake? May? I can start with the football. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you know how like people will respond on Twitter to like pictures of hot celebrities and they'll be like, oh, like, you know, like punch me in the face. Like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> run me over with a tractor. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Run me mm-hmm. over, Daddy. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel about Drake Bay. Like, Drake Bay, like, <laughs> dude, like knock my teeth in with a shovel, man. Just 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 run me over the four-wheeler. Drake is sick. Dude, he's he's got an unbelievably live arm. He has an excellent understanding of tempo and space. It's like an air raid style offense. So you have to have that. You have to be willing to just like rip it to an area in the field and expect the receiver is going to get there. He does that. He can throw to contested windows. He can place the ball relative to coverage. Like this is a dude who gets it. He was born to throw a football. It is functionally, he's got it. May also, when we talk about pocket management and, and 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 handling pressure, is about as mature as you'll see from a college quarterback, right? It'll be two hands on the ball, hitching, you know, working to the empty areas. He looks like he's running the, the, the wave drill out there. He's running bag drills. Like, it's a Tuesday, and it's just a coach, you know, kind of hitting him with a pylon. Like, he is cool as a cucumber when he's finding space in the pocket. And then when he uh, uh, when he's taken off his first read dispositionally, he he's not a I-go-like-high-to-low guy. He's like, I go high, high to high guy. Like, oh, you took away the first read. I'm going to go find something on the backside. That's big. He's a big game hunter, right? Like, I yeah. think, I think you're going to hear a lot of like Drake May is a better processor than Caleb Williams in this discord, in this, this uh, pre-draft process. And I think that is largely true. Caleb does process, but Caleb's a lot of like, okay, if you're going to blanket it deep, I'm just going to check it down. Like I've good yak threats. Like I'm going to go high to low. May is a lot of like, Oh, you know, you rotate the safety to take away the dig. I'm throwing the post. Like, I don't give a hoot, dude. He will shoot the thing. And so so dispositionally, I love the way he plays. It's a mature but still aggressive style of playing. He's reckless at times, yes, but it's just a little you got to shave off the top to kind of get him in that in that perfect area. And then he has the, the arm talent to make all the throws. He has the eyes, the quickness to make all of the throws. I don't think he's an incredible athlete, but I think he is a, he's a surprising athlete, especially for 6'4". He's a little bit of a loper. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Trevor Lawrence in terms of how Trevor plays in Jacksonville. May reminds me a lot of that. I know people say Justin Herbert. Herbert, like I love Herbert, uh, and Herbert's got a big arm and everything, but Herbert is a high-to-low player. Herbert's willing to go to that check down. Herbert's willing to throw underneath. Drake May would like would like to push the ball down the field. we got to throw the ball. Uh, and so he feels a little bit more like Trevor to me, where he's like, oh, one-on-one, we're shooting. Uh, I love the way he plays. I, I, again, like in, in a world without Caleb Williams, I, he is a lock it down, no question, number one overall pick to me in this class. I think having the second overall pick in this class is an absolutely excellent place to be. I think you you just pray that whoever the Bears take, the Bears do what the Bears do, and they mess it up, and then you take the other guy, and you just look so <laughs> smart for just taking the other guy because both these guys are great picks. May's excellent. TK, you're the comp king and the vibes king. How do you feel about Drake May? Uh, I think the Trevor Lawrence thing makes so much sense when I think about like how frustrating at times the Jags offense is to watch when they're on, they're absolutely electric and just so much fun to watch. But then there's also times where, uh, you know, he, like, like Solak was saying, like there's times where it's like, he, he's just forcing it into coverage. And so, uh, mm-hmm. when he's talking about that, I like the Lawrence may comp really feels right. I think aesthetically may really reminds me of Herbert. I'm not going to say he's like you know, obviously an elite quarterback in the NFL like Herbert, but um, aesthetically talking, I, I just like his arm is a howitzer. Like when he steps into a, a throw, he can absolutely just, it's like a frozen rope 50 yards down the field. And it's like one of those things where it's like, how fi- physically, how did the ball get there? You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so he has, he has like the, the most exciting combination of traits in terms of size, arm strength. When he, uh, when he needs to get a, like a throw off, he can really like, 
turn on the twitch and like just get rid of it quickly and like really drive a football, which I love. He doesn't necessarily have, it doesn't take him too long to set his feet or reset his feet and throw. He can just like rip it downfield. Um, so I don't know. He like aesthetically, he really reminds me of Herbert, but stylistically like the Trevor Lawrence, like a little bit reckless mm-hmm. throw into coverage. Um, want always wanting to push it down feel a little bit of like a hero ball mentality uh that really resonates with me too both both may and caleb on just the film i've watched to this point have a play on film where they're throwing a post that's like like 40 plus yards down the field and it hits the receiver so fast it almost drops he almost drops it like both (laughs) of them have plays where they're making like like 40 plus air yard throws and the receivers are just like holy smokes how'd this get here (laughs) the the but the pace that both these guys can put on the ball is gnarly. It's fun to watch. Yeah. The the other thing, the other difference between them we haven't hit, I think their styles are pretty different, but they both have huge yards. But they're DK, you're the height king. Drake May has like kind of prototypical height. I don't know if you, yes. That kind of prototypical size as well. He's six foot four and he's listed at 230 pounds. I think weight is kind of fake in college. We'll see. It's weight fake at the combine. He, he, too. I don't looks, know. he looks, but Thick, six foot four. Hmm. Caleb Williams, I don't know how much of this is, but like Caleb Williams, all that scrambling, all they're creating out of the pocket. It's kind of like the short quarterback energy, right? Russell Wilson, when he was younger, Kyler Murray, like the short guys can't necessarily see over the line. They kind of run around the pocket where they usually have sight windows to throw. Caleb Williams, like he's only six foot one. And you know, look, it's NFL. It's like hinge. It's like whatever your listed height is, you can't just, it's a little silly to just take that for granted. And so I'm curious. Does that move you at all with the Drake May, uh, Caleb Williams thing? More like ten years. You think years he's from now catfishing us? What you're saying? You think he's going to show yeah. up to the draft at five eleven? Is Cal- yeah. If Caleb Williams was even just six foot flat instead of six one, yes. would you be like, oh my gosh, That's should gonna, I take Drake May first? I think if I like, in, if I was being completely honest, yes. I think the size thing, especially after what we've seen this year, where Stroud, who's got good size, like not quite prototype size, but like good size, good height, good build overall, like. He's been great. Anthony Richardson looked really good before he got hurt. And like, then there's Bryce Young, who just like truly looks tiny out on an NFL field. And like, he has, helmet big. You know what I mean? And so, <laughs> so it's like, I think that recency bias is probably going to have a strong impact on me as we go through this process. And yes, I think that is going to be a concern with Caleb Williams. But it, the, the, the nice part about him is he's built really thick. He's like more like a Russell Wilson build. Yeah, Caleb reminds me a lot of Jalen Hurts in terms of how he's built and how he plays with that build. Hurts came in at 6'1", 222, uh, ran a 4'5", 40-yard dash, which is 90th percentile for quarterbacks, great jumps. I think Caleb is a similarly explosive mover uh, and is going to come in around a similar height weight. Yeah, They they play kind of similarly, too. I think a lot of what's best in Jalen Hurts is what's best in Caleb Williams. The the question always, because Hurts doesn't really throw in middle of the field very often, with your short quarterbacks is how often do they throw in middle of the field. Caleb is... I would describe him as like hot and cold, but that's better than your average short quarterback, right? Like the Bakers, the Russes, the Hertz is like just avoid the middle of the field like the plague. Caleb can get there and gets there with success. There are reps where it's like, all right, throw the dig, throw the slant, throw the base, and he doesn't. But to me, that's less about his height and more about his process, which is just like, yeah, like he's just out there living. Like I, to me, that's not a really height thing. And to be fair, we talked about this a lot of the draft show or the NFL show last year, so like, but Stephen always brings this up, and I know you do too. Of some quarterbacks are like superheroes in the Avengers movies where when you're asked to save a city, sometimes you're going to like blow up some cars and break some buildings. <laughs> and Josh Allen with the Bills, like they ask him to be a superhero. You know what? They're, he leads the league in picks, stuff like that. Right. And like Caleb Williams, hard to overstate 
how much of a superhero he had to be. The USC defense, there's only 133 teams in the in, in FBS Division One football. The USC special teams was literally last, 133rd, <laughs> did the worst special teams. Yeah. And, and Which is, and, it's, it's their coach's fault because he's- They don't have a coordinator. He doesn't exist. He's not real. <laughs> they don't have a coordinator. And, they, and the defense is like 106th in- like the defense basically was like, we'll get one stop maybe to a game and the rest are touchdowns. So Caleb has to do everything. And like, I don't know, Lincoln Riley to me was like uh, Ken in the Barbie movie where he's like, oh, your life goes like, no, I'm just beach. I'm just beach. It's like Lincoln Riley. It's like, I'm just offense. Like it's not a team <laughs> in USC. And like, so he had to do all these crazy things. And I, I, I'm interested how much of that becomes everyone with his, his style and stuff. Yeah. We, when we talk about like the Caleb Williams behavior sort of stuff and like the off field things, one of the things that I will say from Caleb, having watched him live and then now watching him back on, on, on film, he had to be a really resilient player within the 60 minutes of the game because of how often yeah. a, his good drives were immediately responded with the other team soaring seven. And then B how often his mistakes, which he made mistakes were like resoundingly punished, right? Just like immediately hammered by by the fact that the the his uh, supporting cast and then particularly complementary football, his other units couldn't kind of hold, prop him up and get him a save, and and you see that resiliency over the course of games where it's just like they're giving up forty nine points to Cal, and he's just like, all right, well shoot, <laughs> I guess I'll just score fifty today, you know, like uh, uh, the truly, Utah yeah. game where he's pushing them down the field and, and and trying to keep pace after the defense can't stop a third string quarterback. Like he he has a, a lot of the the off the field behavior is like, Oh, how, a, how will the locker room relate to him? Can he lead men? And then B, how is he going to deal in terms of like moments of failure? Like, is he mature enough to, to keep his head screwed on straight when, when, when things get rough? I'm very confident in the second one. Like I've seen him be resilient enough in, in a lot of these contexts with a bad defensive, bad special teams that I think, yeah, like he, he can ride the highs and the lows. Do you guys feel like there is a specific team? Like right now the bears have the first pick because they have the Panthers pick the, the Patriots in Arizona have two and three. Do you guys feel like there are correct fits for either of these guys among those top three teams? I mean, no, nobody wants to give anybody to the bears. Let's be honest. <laughs> are um, we saying, are we saying the bear, like the bears offense is tricky to figure out because of, of how much of it is like fields dependent. If, are we right. saying the bears keep that coaching staff? Luke gets, the OC next year. Yeah, yeah, I'd want to. I'd want. Yeah. I'd want to put Caleb in that offense just because of the amount of of quarterback movement is built into it, right? Like they yeah. already did that with Fields. I think that makes more sense for Caleb. I think the Cardinals' offense would look unbelievable with May, but I think they're going to stay on Kyler. The Patriots' offense is impossible to prognosticate because I don't think it's going to be the same new coach unit. Yeah, that that it was. Um, but honestly, both guys are working out pretty well because like the RPO heaviness of it all. Yeah, who else has a chance getting two overall? Oh, the Giants. No, just kidding. Not anymore. We have Tommy. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. Uh, He's basically. Nah. Just better, ah, dude. I can't believe it's just three game winning streak. DK Heifetz, congratulations. I don't. I don't even want to talk. Is about it Washington uh, going to be in the mix at this? Yeah, point? they have the fourth pick right now. The enemy offense is May for sure. Absolutely, just five in the concept. Let's play some heavy metal. I love Hell it. Yeah, throw the ball fifty times a game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the yeah, it's the the Raiders or, or the Patriots. The Patriots. I, I would be almost annoying if they just got and wasted one of these. I don't think Caleb Williams is going to New England if Belichick's the guy. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it'd be hard to see those two relating on a whole lot of things. Yeah, what are they going to talk about? <laughs> you know, it's, he's like, "Why do you paint your nails?" <laughs> I don't get that. <laughs> no, he actually is never going to talk to him. Just right. painted him. fuck Notre Dame, and he painted fuck Utah. He painted like literally F U C K on the left hand, and then Utah on the right. And I'm like, I think Belichick will just be like, "Nice." <laughs> we never talked about that video of Zappy after the Steelers win going oh, into yeah. the locker room, and like. <laughs> 
He comes in so elated and he's dapping up O'Brien and then he looks over at Belichick and has the most awkward, like, this is my father-in-law. I will go over and shake your hand and say, thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Dude, it was like a code switch, but for Belichick, it was ridiculous. It's unbelievable. It, like, I, it looked fake. <laughs> It was just like the key and feel like the Obama, like shaking hands with people and then like dapping. Like it was, I don't know. I can't imagine him in the interviews. Uh, also, wait for Craig. Do you remember it, the NCAA random pivot? Do you remember the NCAA tournament in 2017? UNC, the Kentucky team had like uh, De'Aaron Fox and they had Bam Adebayo and they had um, Malik Monk and they lost to the UNC team and the UNC won the, do you remember Luke May hit this game-winning shot over Kentucky in the Elite Eight? They go to the Final Four. They beat, they beat Gonzaga in the championship. If you don't, it's okay. But anyway, the guy who beat Kentucky with the game winner, that's Luke May. That's Drake May's older brother hit the oh, game wow. winner in the Elite Eight. Uh, and I, I that blew my mind because I, I remember Luke May like vividly. And one, it made me feel old. But like the May, the other thing about May is like all his, he's the youngest of four brothers. And Luke May won a championship on the UNC basketball team as like an actual player. Like game winner over he was three playing NBA in the players. Game. Yeah. game winner over three NBA players. His other his other brother Cole May won a national championship for Florida's baseball team. the The other Damn. brother Bo May is on the UNC basketball team now. The dad was the quarterback for UNC in the eighties for Drake, and now it's Drake May. And I I don't know. It's, uh, it's just a lot of high older achieving brothers. family. Good lord. Nate Tice, uh, Nate Tice, who's the buddy of ours, was talking about how, like, the older brother theory of just playing your older brothers, but mm -hmm. they're all freaking incredible athletes beating the crap yeah. out of you for so long. There's no random, I, like, uh, you know how there's like a random Manning brother who didn't do anything? Is there any, is there any random May brother that's there's just no, like, there's no out third Franco selling real estate? <laughs> wait, is there a, wait, James Franco has a brother? Well, he has Dave Franco, but there's a third. Really? Yeah. How dare you, Heifetz, not know? I didn't. What is the I believe his name is on? Tom. Tom Frank. <laughs> Stop it. That's tough. Tom Franco. Yeah. He's oh out my there. God. He looks he looks like ChatGPT. Like made a, another <laughs> Franco brother. Yeah. DNA is wild. He's in like DNA is the original ChatGPT. <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. All right. We'll see if we can find the Tom Franco. So Bo May is just on the and uh, UNC college basketball team. He hasn't been a big contributor. And then Cole May was a really good high school pitcher. And he pitched uh, for Florida. Uh, and then he redshirted, didn't appear in any more games, and kind of never, never uh, made a future in baseball. And so, you know what? I bet you Caleb Williams is an only child. He feels like one. He is, he is an only child. <laughs> is that's, he? That's, yep. Yes. Oh, now we're getting into it. Now <laughs> we're getting into the, the sibling <laughs> How dynamics. many older brothers do you have? Mm. Okay. Speaking of which, wait, I, I have the, another one I want to run by you guys. Um, okay. I'll consider this a jump ball, but Drake May is deathly afraid of needles and he doesn't like to take medicine. <laughs> Don't give them to the Chargers. Doesn't like. <laughs> Are those related? Like he doesn't like to take medicine that is administered by a needle or does he not like needles and also like won't take a medicine that's a yeah, pill? Yeah, is this Aaron Rodgers situation on our hands? Oh, yeah. well, I mean, I don't want to speak Like, is he like anti-Tylenol or is he just not like needles? <laughs> he doesn't like, he does not like needles. The Athletic had the story and his high school coach basically was saying how afraid he was to have Drake May run because he didn't want Drake May to get hurt because he was like, what? who am I without Drake May? And then Drake May did this crazy run and he like you know almost got hurt and he like tried to like jump into the end zone he got crushed and his coach was like if you ever do that again i'm gonna make you donate blood for two hours because <laughs> that's, that's like how much he doesn't like needles which one i mean donating blood is punishment you know it's a really great thing for charity but sure mm. 
He just doesn't like needles. And yeah. I, just, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. I'm, really, I'm, we're, yeah, we're digging deep in. Yeah, in I do not like yeah. needles at all. I think that's a that's a stock huh. up for Drake May. I go, I get my my flu shot, but I gotta stare at the wall on the other side of the arm while that happens. So I like stock up for Drake May not liking needles. We, we'll do a whole episode on that. The on like you know the real. We're gonna therapize each of these guys. We'll really get into the psychoanalysis <laughs> of Drake May and Caleb Williams. Uh, at a both the date. Drake May, the dad too. Like the dad is the quarterback at UNC in the '80s, and he was gonna go pro when he got hurt. Like you know, coach would have put me in. And he gets hired on the staff at UNC, and he gets hired by Mac Brown, who's now the head coach at UNC. And he decommitted from Bama, and Drake May went to UNC. And so both these guys, you know, there's been a little puppeteering. But mm. it's just, I don't know. They're different. I want to come back to the question I kind of asked at the beginning. And I think DK and Solik, you guys are very different people. But one thing you guys are both really good at is you guys have, like, very weird, specific musical knowledge. <laughs> and I, like, I wanted to ask you, like, I don't know enough about music to even know the right question, but. I wanted to ask you about the, the importance of being in rhythm as a quarterback. And mm. Caleb Williams, one of the, a, a scout told the spin that one of the criticisms was Caleb Williams has never played in rhythm. And I was curious, like, I don't know, do you look at Caleb Williams as like a jazz player? And then it's like Drake May, what kind of instrument or what, what kind of, see guitar player can hop in any band. And if so, like what fear, like what in a quarterback, like what kind of musician do they want you? DK, I'm going to start with you because age before beauty. I'm just like, so I think that the generic answer would be, yes, he's like a jazz musician who's up there just improvising for like a 30 minute set. But like in reality, I'm picturing like a guy on a metal guitar, like just going <laughs> ham for like a, like a full five minute, like little, you know, interlude mm -hmm. and just like head 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 banging and just kind of like going off on his thing. That's Caleb. Caleb is the yeah. head banging or is that yeah, Drake? Yeah. Okay. That's Caleb. Yeah, Caleb Williams. Just because he's like so, he he's just so, he's so at home, out of structure. Like to, I said it earlier, I feel like that's like his, his natural equilibrium is like sliding up and down in the pocket, moving around, escaping guys, like scooting past people. He does. He even does this little move where he like, like scoots, like he like hops to avoid like maybe, scoot. maybe <laughs> he's know, a little so. John Mayerish. You know, John Mayer totally. loves going oh, wow. on wrists, yes. smooth, like, kind of like closing like his eyes his and shoulders. Just, <laughs> yes. yes. Just going just with like, it. 100%. And he's just like vibes. Yeah. Does his I, own thing. That's actually, I, yeah. I think that the literal perfect example of like, cause I, I just could see him just like, you know, like doing his thing, like do, doing a, and, and like people are always like, holy shit, this guy can really shred. Like, you know, you just don't really expect it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's Caleb Williams. Um, okay. I think the, like the obvious answer would have been like, you know, a jazz musician or something, mm -hmm. but I'm not as, I'm not as well versed yeah. on that stuff. There's a, there's like a really popular like TikTok, you know, social media musician named Jacob Collier, who's like a prodigy guy. He's like 29. He's just like, has an unbelievable understanding of music. And he has this very famous, like short video, TikTok, whatever that went out where he said, uh, there's no such thing as playing a wrong note. You just lack confidence. That's Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah. Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams totally. is like, Caleb Williams is like, uh, in structure, reads, there's no such thing as the wrong read. There's no such thing as missing a playing structure. You just lack confidence. I got this, right? That's that's where that's where Caleb's at. There's there are many times in Caleb's film I watched it and I was like, dude, just like you know, throw the first read. Like it's not like perfect, yeah. but it's not neat. But like let your receiver yeah. make a play. And then Caleb would go and just be like, Don't worry, hitch, 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 50 yard bomb. UCLA, he threw he threw a nine ball late. It's not a route you can throw late. And he's just throwing like 50 <laughs> yards across the field, far hash, dropping the bucket, touchdown. And they're down like 21 nothing. It's not been a good game at all. And he was like, watch this, guys. Like, there's no wrong notes. There's no wrong decisions for a guy like Caleb because of what he's so gifted at doing after the snap. Now, you want your quarterback to be able to play 
in rhythm. And typically when we talk about playing in rhythm, we talk about how their feet tempo the routes, right? Like, all right, like I, 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 I get the snap, I hit a three-step drop, and as my back foot is hitting and I'm ready to throw, that's right when the receiver is breaking. My, my footwork has tempoed the route for me. As I'm throwing, I'm throwing with anticipation. You want your quarterback to be able to do that, absolutely. But one, it is non-negotiable in the modern NFL that they can exist without doing that, that they can exist being outside of rhythm, that they that when the rhythm is broken, they don't shut down. You must be able to do that because we know what it looks like when you don't. It looks like Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Jimmy, three-stepping out, three-stepping out, three-stepping out. It's beautiful. <laughs> All of a sudden, one thing breaks and the entire offense falls to pieces, right? Bless, this is bless more his heart. Of, more true yeah. of like late 2010, Jimmy. Like I think now he's, he's, he's grown up a little bit, but you, you uh, like, it is, it is good to be in rhythm. Coaches want their players to be able to play with rhythm. It, it, it helps keep an offense structured. It keeps it in flow. It keeps it on schedule. However, it is more valuable and non-negotiable that a, a quarterback is able to exist without rhythm. And emphatically, Caleb can do that because that's pretty much all, all he does. And he does at an unbelievable level. God, now I'm trying to think of what we're going to talk about for Drake May. I don't know. Ben, do you got, do you got anything? You got any musical comps for Drake May? Because I'm like racking my brain right now. Uh, I mean, like Drake May, who's, who's the best musician, right? Like who's just, who's just the guy who's just, <laughs> who's the, the best musician. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he's just like, all, like all time where he's just like Bob right. Dylan. This, like is, like, this is like when you guys asked me who the Beatles were and I was like, one of them named Mark or something. Ringo. Like, yeah. Ringo. Drake is Ringo star. Ringo. Uh, Ringo. Ringo. It's, um, <laughs> what Drake May does is so classically good and he's also so naturally gifted, right? And so there's, there is... The, uh, you know, I'm, I'm producing good classic rock. Everybody loves this. It appeals to a mass audience. But then also here's this one clip of me on YouTube of like doing a cover of, of, a, of a song from the 80s where I make it sound even cooler than it was before. Like that's Drake where he's, he's classically very gifted. And then he also has like talent on top of talent, oozes talent, improvisationally gifted. That that blend, whatever that musician is to you. I don't know who it is. Uh, that's that's what that's what uh, uh, Caleb bring or excuse me, that's what Drake May brings. <laughs> Sting. Sting. I was trying to think of uh, Eric Clapton, maybe like the, one of the greatest guitarists of all time, but he has like, he can, he can do like any style. Maybe my, honestly, my first thought was Hans Zimmer, but I thought I'd get bullied for that. Han, no, Hans Zimmer. Just go <laughs> in his field. Yeah. I like that actually. The, I also, I showed you guys the video from the drummer from Megadeth and they just played him. And he's like this, I think he's like Eastern European. Um, and he just, they just, he's just like a, he seemed like a, Buddhist Yoda drummer guy, but he was like hair down to his waist. And they played him the track without drums for Mr. Brightside. And they took the yeah. drums out, had him listen to it. And like, can you make a drum track for this? And he just did it. And they were like, you've never heard this? And he was like, no, I don't know what the song is. I like <laughs> it though. And then he yeah. just did it. I'm like that. I don't know. I do like those videos. They're doing that a lot with drummers lately. Like Chad Smith, they put in those videos. Yeah, they're fun. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have music comps for Drake May. If you have... Music comps I love Williams. that Caleb Williams. We were like John Mayer. That's good. And then Drake May were like the greatest musician of all time. <laughs> yeah. I because because it, it, it's it's but he's fact, second. It's the classical appeal of May. It's like everyone will like him, right? That's, I would say yes, yes. I would say Taylor Swift, but I'm unwilling to insert myself into Taylor Swift NFL conversations at this time. That's something I've sworn okay. off. I'm not equipped for that. Craig brought it up, and then he had to like take a week off the show. He was like, you know, totally <laughs> suspended, and we just had to cover it up and all that. So yeah, we'll we'll get a music comp for Drake May, and then should we have people email jargons? What do we want to do? I well, first of all, do you tell people for people listening for the first time who weren't listening to the show last year what the what you mean by oh jargons. yeah, it's a good point. So that we America's favorite game, America's favorite segment, two jargons and a lie. 
because frankly, the whole process, this is just insane. This whole thing we do with like the draft and it's just ridiculous. And there's all, so Solak and DK would bring us draft terms and then make Craig and I guess two, like two of them were real. One was fake. We'd have to guess. Yeah, like make a guy miss in a phone booth, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like tight skin, which tight skin, I like a cow you know, on ice. Tight skin just means you can't, they're not going to be able to build a lot of muscle. They're just like skinny. Yeah. But then we ran out and I'm wondering, I feel like it's been so long that maybe we should just bring it back. Well, and then, and then after that, we then pivoted to having people just send in their own jargons from their own line of work. And so we were, we were like trying to decipher jargon from like some guy who was a, I don't know, mechanical engineer or something like that. I'll never forget the, the codes from the hospital where it was like code pink, code brown, code blue, code orange or whatever. <laughs> oh, and no. And then we around. we came up with our with our theories, and then it turns out they had a code for when there's like a hot lady in the hospital. <laughs> and then yeah. it also turns out that all hospitals have different code colors, and so we had people getting emails being like, "Code brown's not this, it's that." And we were like, "Listen, you all need to get your system straight." Yeah, <laughs> that would be quite the mix-up, you know. That's incredible. Yeah, so like so much has happened since you left. With the I was thinking we should just give them two jargons and lie right now, but for the urine uh, classifications, we learned. Oh, sure. Here's Salk. I'll give you one live. All right. We got this whole thing about we're going to open a bar where you can like kind of pee anywhere you want. Oh, I was going to save that for later, but that. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Hyvitz has already that's, mentioned that's... this. So yeah, I'm, I'm now aware. Okay. It's called the Gentleman's Piss Club. Yeah. So you can get it on the ground Hear me floor, out. which, yeah. yeah. Have you ever give been Give me 10 a bar? minutes of your time and I'll sell you. You ever been at a bar and just been like, I don't want to leave and get up and go to the bathroom you know i got this waiting spot. that long line. i cannot stress this enough no i i i when i return from the bathroom i am counting down in my head as to the next opportunity i get to leave and go to the bathroom it's called it's called being introverted fellas it's called it's called, it's called please give me a break i'd like a bar where the bathroom is a mile away and you just gotta walk through a long hallway take some time to yourself fresh air would be great if you be outdoor walk that'd be ideal i think you're, i think you're just describing leaving the bar to walk home <laughs> <laughs> last thing here before we wrap oh you're not doing the p jargon okay oh i forgot i forgot about that oh sorry that's what i, I knew i was doing something we found out there's what 28 different ways medically to classify types yeah. of urine this just reminds me of the tom herman p chart you know what i'm talking about no Everyone listening oh, yeah. should Google Tom Herman P chart. Tom Herman, when he was the head coach of Texas football, put a hydration chart up in the locker room to like it, to, <laughs> to show uh, what color your pee should be. So that way you're appropriately hydrated for the Texas summers. And he classified the, the pee color by championship hydration levels. Those are the three best pee colors. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. the next one was selfish teammate. Uh, then the next <laughs> one was... Uh, so I was okay. It was selfish teammate. And then further down was blatant disregard for your teammates. You are headed to area 51, I think it says, which I don't really know what that means. And then the bottom one, which is of brown color. I mean, this is the color you should go to the doctor if you're being close this to color. blood. It, it, it says just in all caps, you are a bad guy. That's how he looks like this. You're a bad person, according to Tom Herman. <laughs> I'm surprised that you are a bad guy is worse than you are headed to Area 51, which like implies you're an alien or something. I don't know what that means. You're a bad guy. (laughs) The best thing is just championship level hydration, right? If your pee is crystal clear, you are a champion. Oh, here. I got got a champion. So look, this is two actual medical classifications of urine at a lie. Okay. You ready? Yep. Okay. 
We've got um, Frothy. We've got Rocky. And we've got Mucus Threads. <sighs> Frothy is real for sure. Gotta be. <laughs> Gotta be some froth. Had that. Yeah. Rocky. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> uh, Rocky to me implies the presence of kidney stones. Right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's just a little rocky. It's a little pebbly. Mucus threads. Mucus is in your throat. How'd it get down there? That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's highly worrisome. I think mucus threads, I think mucus threads is, the, is, is the lie. Oh my God. I just love the idea of so like, like bedside manner as a doctor. How'd it get down there? <laughs> mucus threads is the lie. Final answer. Lock it in. Uh, mucus threads is real. Dang. What is it? It's Rocky. I, I just oh, okay. So, to Ron's like, you threw off the scent though. That was good. Like the kidney yeah. stones right. thing. At first, I was like, no, "That's yeah. got to be wrong." And then I thought of kidney stones. I was like, "I right, maybe oh, whatever." Mucus threads. That's harrowing stuff. I don't even want any more information about how that could happen to somebody. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, off the urine thing. So much to sell. By the way, congrats on being a dad soon. Yeah. Time that yeah. one for the drafts. Thank you. A late May due date. What incredible. We're very close to, to being able to have Parent Corner on the draft show, just like Bill and Sal. <laughs> That's Especially right. Yeah. That their kids are going to college. We have to pick up the torch. It's like, my God. No, I'm very excited. Uh, uh, my wife told me yesterday that the uh, the baby's big enough to the point where it can out hear things. Uh, like from the outside, right? I can start to like actually hear stuff. So now every time she walks by, I just scream go birds at her stomach. And I think that's a good start <laughs> for kind of where we want, how we want the baby to be viewing the world as we, as we leave. Uh, so yeah, it's just go birds in my house every so often, really loudly. I just pictured you like screaming out like play calls, like in West Coast parlance, you know, yeah. it's like just getting it, just getting it nailed in. It's like, they say, they soak, say if you want to teach, teach a language, right? You have to do it. You know, right. help them be bilingual other people right they pick mandarin right they pick like you know a language from their from their history i pick the west coast naming system obviously that's the language <laughs> that's important to know from an early age you got to start well, playing like a little bit of eric clapton and a little bit of john mayer so they get like that improvisational like instinct going on too you know right uh, i i mean like you you like craig was talking about at the top like this this concerning stuff about drake may uh, caleb williams dad helping him try to be a uh, uh <laughs> the best quarterback ever I oh, the only thing I only thing I do right now is just Google. Okay, what are the easiest Division One sports to get into? How do we get into them? What yep. schools are there? <laughs> I'm gonna have the best water polo players you've ever seen, man. I'm, I'm, nice. I need. I it is critical to me that I'm in a stand somewhere where I'm 45, screaming my head off at a at a NCAA tournament. I don't care the sport. That's my only objective. Love that water polo would be cool. He'd be jacked. Water polo guys are strong. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. At, at whatever volleyball. Badminton, sure. And whatever it is, yeah. I'm there. I can't wait. Badminton yeah. is solid. That that feels like feasible. Not punting. You don't want us to raise a kicker or a punter. I would. I mean, I don't I, want my kid on the field. I I I would love to. I got to go up against some like 28 year old Australians and wherever Brandon Aubrey came from. That feels like a tough. You know, uh, that's a that's a hard thing to get into. I'm looking just very strongly at softball. A big softball fan. This is what I'm hoping for. Oh yeah, there you go. Wait, when when is your baby due? Uh, late May, and so it'll be a oh, nice. uh, it'll be a, an NFL draft show, uh, and then that'll pretty much be it for me. I'll hop on. Perfectly the, the, timed, well yeah. timed. Yeah, thank you. Uh, if, if, if you, you play guys, in rhythm. not an accident, right? Oh, <laughs> you know, if you guys around that. met my wife, you would know this. Bit, there's, we were not going to have a poorly timed baby. That was never going to happen. <laughs> that's just not that's not acceptable here in the so she's she's Kyle Shanahan, and you're the system quarterback. Don't really love that metaphor, just from the whole like. <laughs> Point and shoot perspective feels a little <laughs> on the nose. But yeah, that's not wrong, if we're being honest. That's great.
All right. That's probably all we got. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, everyone, for help on this scenes. Thank you, Tucker. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Dan Comer, for some tremendous help. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. But most importantly, thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Don Henley. Ooh, thank the you, Eagles. Nice. Nice. Go birds. Uh, <laughs> Dirty laundry. Great Don Henley song. Um, I'm just. I just like think of the boys in summer. Yeah, classic. Yeah. I feel like everybody has a place in their life or a time in their life where they like associate that song. You know what I mean? Boys of summer. Nothing. Nothing coming. Nothing, no other that, thoughts on the never Eagles. Never squad pulled it. <laughs> not, not jogging any memories. Lead singer of the uh, Eagles okay, went fine. solo. Why, why did you go Don and not the Eagles? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I, I, can I, I can't explain my brain. You know me. It's full of weird, useless information. That's how it feels watching half the quarterbacks these days. I'm like, I can't explain this guy's brain. Also, I, I went this whole episode, but I can't believe that I love Tommy DeVito with all of my heart, but yeah, I can't believe this freaking, they found the literal closest quarterback to the stadium and he's going to play them out of Drake May and Caleb Williams. <laughs> This is so f- stupid. And then immediately turn back and do whatever the equivalent of a pumpkin is in Italy. Just a large <laughs> tomato. Just done. No, no chance. Can't wait. <laughs> What's the deal? Are we actually truly... Are you actually excited about this or is it just like cope? Like the hardest... No, this is worst case had. scenario, I feel like. I think that <laughs> objectively, losing is better and the Giants having his three game... They've beaten every... The Giants have beaten every team ahead of them in the, the standings. They beat the Cardinals, they beat the Patriots, they beat Washington twice. All their wins are against the teams higher than in the draft order. It's a disaster. Even there's a third quarterback, which we'll get to in a future episode. Like, we're not going to get these guys. So like, you know what? Just live in the moment and have fun. This is the dumbest, greatest thing ever. It's like his agent is dressed up for television like I like a 1920s <laughs> Halloween costume of a Capone gangster. And like, I just, this whole thing, his family showed up to the tailgate with a giant banner of his, with his face on it. And Look we're giving banner. out the chicken cutlets. He lives at home. The Giants should just pivot and be like the Harlem Globetrotters of football. <laughs> Honestly, just keep going. Are they just cook. What's that team? What's that like that like minor league baseball team? The, the banana. Oh, the Savannah what? Bananas. The Savannah Bananas. The, the Giants should just do that. Dude, they just be they the like bananas. dance. They ha- they have these dances and like they pitch on stilts and things like that. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, dude, they light the bats on fire. It's incredible. <laughs> the, it's so I want to go. They're coming to DC. Also, I, I at really the same time, go. not to be mean, Craig, but I saw a tweet today. Tommy DeVito in four starts. Oh, this is gonna be a Kenny Pickett thing. Touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Pickett, first round pick, twelve starts, six passing touchdowns. I'm gonna be like 38 years old, and Kenny Pickett <laughs> will have been out of the league for 15 years. And people are still going to be tweeting me about how shitty Kenny Pickett was. <laughs> I, I I will always remember, like, when I think of the draft show, I will think of that first year and that Kenny Pickett class and just how every time we talked about him, he was like, but his hand's too small. Craig, I'm out on him. I don't like it. And then lo and behold, he lands in Pittsburgh and Craig has to deal with him for another two years. <laughs> Craig, yeah, you know. Craig, I can't explain Craig's face right now, but he's just like, <laughs> he's just like, it feels like you're half holding back Anger and laughter at the same time. I don't know how to explain that face. Yeah, and uh, you know, the Steelers aren't exactly a team that likes to kind of move on from things quickly, so I'm assuming <laughs> that Kenny Pickett's going to be in the picture for a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's true. Shit. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.